Blatt. And I'm Jeff Byers. And welcome to Health Affairs This Week. Yes, yes. Thank you, Rob. Uh, for new listeners that may be joining us this week, uh, Health Affairs This Week is a weekly podcast where we have a rotating cast of characters talking about uh, health policy research and news that have, have caught our eyes. That's right. And I'm excited to follow on last week's episode, which was really, really interesting review of the Momnibus Act. And so perhaps we have some new listeners this week and eager to, to share our latest thoughts and insights from the latest in health policy. Yeah, and uh, there's been a couple of different headlines that have caught our eyes this week. Uh, for one, CMS may have uh, a new head. Is that right? Yeah, Chiquita Brooks Lasur is um, going to be the the new or the nominee, be the new commissioner of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Chiquita is deeply familiar with the bureaucracy of the Department of Health and Human Services and CMS, and so in this choice, President Biden and Secretary Designate Becerra have really turned to someone who can hopefully navigate the labyrinthine maze and hopefully make some progress on on some of the administration's priorities. Yeah, and we should note that as of this time of the recording, uh, midday Thursday, February 18th, um, that that is not confirmed, neither confirmed nor denied. So, so far, it's just sources close to the issue, uh, speaking on the condition of anonymity that uh, we know right now. Fair enough. There's been some other news too. I think some interesting news in sort of the business of healthcare, no? Yeah, yeah. For one, CVS and Aetna have decided to re-enter the ACA markets. Uh, you may recall that uh, Aetna, before it was uh, purchased by CVS, um, opted out of the ACA markets, uh, as well as there is a company called ShareCare uh, that is going to go public, adding to the long line of uh, healthcare companies uh, going public, including One Medical, Oak Street Health, and GoodRx, just to name a few. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think maybe with a potential recovery in sight, we're going to see a lot more action on that front in the months ahead. But Rob, that's not what we're here to talk about, is it? No, Jeff, you know, what I really want to talk about is minimum wage, something that's been in the headlines lately with the debate over the uh, the relief package and minimum wage is one element of, of that potential package. So what's happening? Give me give me the scoop. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let me start by taking us back to 2009. Do you know what happened in 2009? Uh, Foo Fighters released a record. Uh, I can't. Oh, yes. No, 2009. Uh, the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act was signed into law. That I believe that's right. Exactly. A lot of things happened in 2009. Sorry. Uh, that's quite right. Well, actually, I did a little research. 2009 was the last time the federal minimum wage was increased to $7 and I think it was uh, $7.25. And it's that's where it's been ever since. And along the way, since then, progressives have been pushing to raise it. And certainly as the economy 
has has continued to grow pre-pandemic the overall value of the minimum wage by staying flat has sort of stagnated or or sort of decreased in relative terms and so there's been a strong push to raise the minimum wage and this both with the democrats controlling both houses of congress and uh, a general consensus that this major relief package having to having to move potentially through reconciliation, there's a lot of excitement about potentially including an additional increase to the federal minimum wage in this package. Um, And what has research shown us about the impacts of uh, minimum wage and raising the minimum wage in general? Yeah, so there, it's not quite so clear cut. The general, the sort of obvious outcome is that when you raise the minimum wage, you raise the wages of people working at the, the lower end. And in general, folks, uh, research has shown that when you raise the minimum wage, quality of life and general well-being increases. On the other hand, there's an argument that when you raise uh, the minimum wage, it forces businesses to, to, to reduce hiring or even lay people off in order to afford the higher wages. In general, I think research is sort of coming out on the on the side of the increased wages and evidence of the impact on employment is is less solid. So what do you mean it's not solid? What does that mean? Well, so questions remain. And a big factor is uh, both the industry and the region where where you're studying the impact of the of the minimum wage. And so in a, a region where the economy is growing, unemployment is low, people are doing well, raising the minimum wage generally has mostly upside. Whereas if it's a contracting economy where perhaps unemployment is high, you've got industries that are shrinking, raising the minimum wage may contribute to to greater unemployment. And so it's a bit of a trade-off and a lot of factors have to be considered. Okay. And so when we're thinking about that through the lens of healthcare, what does that actually mean? Yeah. So for the longest time, research has focused on the economic impact of minimum wage. It seems seems a lot, at least a, a little easier to study. But in recent years, researchers have begun to look at what happens to people's health and the health of the population when you raise a minimum wage. And there's some preliminary findings. Basically, you know, it seems pretty obvious. Give people more money, they're going to they're gonna, um, do well and be healthier. But the real question is sort of what, what is the mechanism behind it? And researchers point to kind of three potential mechanisms. Obviously, if you have more money, in theory, you could, you're able to purchase more healthcare, maybe go to the doctor, get your checkup, purchase health insurance, that kind of thing. On the other hand, when you have more money, maybe you might be inclined to buy more cigarettes or alcohol or fatty foods. And so on on one hand, economists sort of see a trade-off there. And Health Affairs published a policy brief about some of this written by Jay Paul Lee and Juan Du, economists at uh, UC Davis and Old Dominion. And so the second mechanism is that it potentially increases satisfaction. 
And so if you're happier in your job, epidemiologists have shown that contributes to long-term health and well-being. And then the, the last sort of potential factor is the opportunity cost of leisure when you're getting paid more. In other words, if you're getting a higher wage, you're likely to work more. And if you work in a job that has uh, safety and health risks, which is uh, more common at the lower wage level, uh, you're most more likely to get hurt or sick. And so researchers have kind of plugged all these potential factors in. And at the bottom line is they, they found positive health benefits of raising the minimum wage. But it's also important to recognize that uh, these sort of, uh, dare I say, social determinants don't live in vacuums of themselves. So even if someone uh, has more money coming in, that doesn't negate that they might be living in a food desert or something along those lines. So it's important to, when we look at the research, to, to think about that as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, that, that's largely the focus of our health policy briefs over the last couple of years has been on kind of digging into some of these social determinants, which, you know, there's sort of a general consensus that factors outside of medical care have a tremendous contribution to how healthy we are. What's less certain is exactly how that works. And so what we've done with the briefs is taken a number of these so-called social determinants, whether it's housing or access to income supports, and try to look at the research about the mechanisms that, that, that draw the the connection from things outside of uh, healthcare to people's health. And exactly what you said, it's all connected and it's really hard to extricate one factor from the other. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it can be, it can get kind of complicated to, to pinpoint one specific um, cause for, for things. Yeah, and I think w when we think about the debate right now, the I believe it's the House Budget Committee that's pulling together a version of the re relief bill that's going to move forward. And there's lots of debate over what the CBO says about the potential impact, whether or not the parliamentarian will consider it appropriate for inclusion in a reconciliation bill. All of that, they're, they're largely looking at purely economic and sort of budgetary factors. And that's, that may be appropriate, but I think it's really important for policymakers to recognize that doing something like raise the minimum wage or expand the earned income tax credit or provide unemployment benefits has consequences outside of, of pure economics. It really uh, reaches other parts of people's lives, including their health. Yeah. And that's a great segue to, to kind of ask to close out of what's next. What can we expect from this? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I think it was the other night President Biden was speaking at a, a town hall and he sort of alluded to his kind of flexibility in terms of, you know, being open to negotiation around perhaps what what level the a raise the minimum wage might reach or over how long or it might be phased in. It's certainly a, a very important element of the sort of progressive wing of the Democratic Party's agenda. And so they, I think, are going to be watching closely. And this, and to some extent, might be a test of the president's commitment to 
to their cause. And so on the other hand, you've got uh, sort of moderate Democrats like Joe Manchin, who have expressed uh, some anxiety about whether or not it should be included. So this, this is a great example of the balancing act that the new administration is going to have to navigate over the next few years. So as always, questions remain. So <laughs> that's a great place to stop. Thanks for listeners for checking in on Health Affairs this week. If you uh, enjoyed it, please tell a friend. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jeff. Great to catch up. Yeah. Till next time. Till next time.